0: Welcome to the online Bible study. This week we are going to be looking at Esther chapter 2. So let's turn in our Bibles to verse 1 of chapter 2. Last week we left off with Queen Vashti being dethroned and banished from the king's presence and King Ahasuerus sending a decree to all the providences That every man should be master in his own house. So let's look at verse 1. It says, After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what had been decreed against her. Now you would think by looking at this that it happened pretty close to each other, but it didn't. It did not happen overnight. Now you remember back in Esther chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, that King Ahasuerus had a feast for 180 days, which was a time of planning military maneuvers. It is said that the time period between the last verses of chapter 1 and the first verses of chapter 2 that King Ahasuerus with his large army and navy launched a disastrous campaign against the greeks now he didn't return victorious he returned home in humiliation instead of honor the greeks however never forgot that attack and 150 years later They took revenge on the Persians through Alexander the Great. So now you can imagine, the king has come home and there is no Queen Vashti to comfort him and encourage him. He now starts thinking about what he had done in his anger. How many times have we have have done things in anger and then wished we could take them back? Once something comes out of your mouth, it is so hard to put it back in. It's impossible to do. Oh, we can try, but it's out there. So we really have to be careful about what we do in anger. In light of King the king's downcast spirit, the personal attendants made a proposal that he begin to search for a new wife. A new queen. Notice how the king seeks the advice of his personal attendants. Who do we seek advice from? We can learn from this. Is it sound, godly advice that you're receiving? Or are you receiving information from people who are not godly people? Let's look at verses 2 to 4. It says, then the king's servants, who attended him, said, "Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the providences of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushem the citadel, into the woman's quarter, under the custody of Hage, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women." And let the beauty preparations be given to them. Let them, the young women who pleases the king, be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. So you can now see God's plan beginning to unfold already. Esther is going to be one of these young women brought to the women's quarters yes God does use ungodly men to accomplish his plan this is another story of how God is working behind the scenes to protect his people as well as see later in the book of Esther now let's look at verses 5-7 through at this point we're going to go away from the king and his plans and we're going to introduce Esther's coven, cousin, Mordecai. Let's look at five through seven. It says, in Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Zer, the son of Shimei, the son of Gish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah king of Judah whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away and Mordecai had brought up Hadassah that is Esther his uncle's daughter for she had neither father nor mother the young woman was lovely and beautiful when her father and mother died Mordecai took her as his own daughter so we see here that Mordecai was from the tribe of Benjamin. He took Esther under his wing and raised her when her parents both died. When the Jews were allowed to return to Israel after their captivity, Mordecai decided to stay in Persia along with some of the other Jews. So many of the Jews prospered in the land of their captors. As we continue in the book of Esther, we will see how God uses Mordecai along with Esther to save the Jewish people. For now, let's continue on in verses 8 and 9, and this will bring us back to the king and his plans of finding a new queen. It says, So it was, when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Hegei, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Hege, the custodian of the woman. Now, the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave her beauty preparations to her, besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Here we have beautiful young women placed under the care of Hage, who was the eunuch in charge of the king's harem. Now, Scripture does not tell us how many women there were, but the Jewish historian, Josephus, says there were 400. Now, out of these 400 women... Notice how Esther was singled out. She pleased the eunuch Hege and obtained his favor. Now, we can ask, why did Esther catch the eye of Hege? Esther was a young woman of strong character. She was not only a virgin, a young woman who had kept herself morally pure, But she was also a woman of grace and humility. Because of her lovely spirit, as well as her striking beauty, Hege gave her special attention and care. You can clearly see God working behind the scenes here. Imagine 400 beautiful women and Esther catches the eye of Hege. This is clearly God showing Hege that she is the chosen one. Esther's Persian name means star, and her Hebrew name, Hadassah, means myrtle. I like how Wiersbe brought out that it was interesting that the myrtle tree bears a flower that looks like a star. Esther becomes the star of this story as she is used by God to save the Jewish people. Notice here as God's chosen star, Esther catches the eye of Hage and receives special treatments. Verse 9 shows us that she was given additional beauty treatments, choice food, seven maids, and the best room in the harem. As the chosen one to save the Jewish people, Esther had not revealed her identity as a Jew per Mordecai's instructions. Let's look at verses 10 through 11. It says, Esther had not revealed her people or family for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai placed in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Now, as you can see in verse 11, Mordecai was concerned about Esther. He paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Yes, he had raised her, and he was concerned for her well-being. Now remember, these women were taken against their will. They didn't have a choice. She didn't just say, okay, I'm going. But out of concern and for her own safety, Mordecai warned Esther to conceal the fact that she was a Jew. They had seen the discrimination, the anti semitism of that area so out of concern and for her own safety he asked her to conceal her identity in the words of Matthew Henry he said Mordecai only told her not to proclaim her country all truths are not to be spoken at all times though an untruth is not to be spoken at any time She being born in Shushan, and her parents being dead, all took her to be Persian extraction. Some condemn Esther and Mordecai for stating that they were Jews. Some say that they were secret Christians, because they didn't follow the law as stated in Deuteronomy 7, 1-4 that Esther was not to marry a pagan or have sexual relations with a man who was not her husband as it states in Exodus 20 verse 14 and yet this was the purpose of being included in the harem. Esther is being contrasted with Daniel who refused to eat the things from the king's table as we see in Daniel 1 5 Because the food would include items considered unclean by the Jewish law. And yet Esther ate the food. How many times can we say that we were classified as secret Christians? When you are at work with friends or with family, do we always openly practice our Christian faith? Do we share Christ or are we silent? Do you fear the consequences of sharing your faith and therefore choose not to say anything at all? There's a story about a young woman who openly stated that she was a Christian. She was not a secret Christian, but I want you to see what happened to her With a gun pointed at her head, Rachel Scott was asked, are you a Christian? She could have easily said no and saved her life, but she said yes and was killed for her faith. It makes you think, would I have done the same thing? Would I have said yes or would I have said no and explained it to the Lord later that I just didn't want to die we won't know those things until that happens in our own life but what we need to remember is that God is in control even in a pagan society now does God approve of King Ahasuerus' harems? no but He can direct the people in this situation to make decisions that would accomplish his purposes. Esther, a Jewish, was placed in a position in which she could help the nation of Israel. Her being elevated to queen happened even before Israel needed help. This was another instance of God protecting his covenant people. Let's look at Esther chapter 2 verses 12 through 14. Each young woman's turn came to go in to King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned six months with oil and myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women thus prepared each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take her from the women's quarters to the king's palace in the evening she went and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the custody of the king's eunuch who kept the concubines she was not to go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called her by name think about that they had all gone into extensive preparation which lasted for 12 months before they could enter the king's presence what an ego of this man, that he would have these women go through 12 months of preparation before they could enter his presence. Each girl was given 12 months of beauty treatments, with 6 months of oil baths and 6 months of perfume and cosmetic applications. Now, no doubt, of course, of court etiquette was probably also given. In verses 15 to 17, we show that it's Esther's turn. It says, Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abahel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter, to go in to the king, she requested nothing but what Hege, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month which is the month of Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther made more than any of the other women and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all of the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Notice the timeline here. Verse 16 states, Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus in the seventh year of his reign in 479 BC. In the tenth month of Tibet. Now Tebeth was the Babylonian name for December through January. So this is four years after Queen Vashti was dethroned. The then in verse 17, the, queen, the king placed the royal crown upon Esther's head and proclaimed her queen of the great Persian empire. Four years after Queen Vashti refused to come into the king's presence, and was banished Esther finds favor in the king's sight and his crowned queen now notice back in verse 15 it states that Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her can this be said of us do we find favor in the sight of those whom we come in contact with now Esther she had a quality about her that went beyond outer beauty. She had an inner beauty which showed kindness, graciousness, humility, and love. She had a wisdom about her that demonstrated she was trustworthy, dependable, faithful, and loyal. Inner beauty speaks so much louder than outer beauty does. A person can be the most beautiful looking person in the world, but if their mouth is full of unkindness, lies, and deceit, then no one wants to be around them. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Four years ago, Queen Vashti was dethroned after a banquet and now we see in verse 18 King Ahasuerus has a great banquet in honor of Esther to celebrate her coronation a holiday was proclaimed throughout the entire empire and gifts were generously distributed then we go over to verses 21 to 23 And it shows Mordecai sitting at a king's gate. Now, this is a familiar scene, right? We just saw Boaz in the book of Ruth conducting business at the city gate. Remember, that's where they always held business, court, and everything was always at the city gate. So, verses 21 to 23, it says, In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bexen and Tarash, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hung on the gallows, and it was written in the book of the chronicles in the presence of the king. Mordecai overheard a plan to assassinate King Ahasuerus by two of his king's eunuchs. He in turn did what? He told Queen Esther and then what did Queen Esther do? She then informed the king that she gave credit to Mordecai. This saved the king's life. Notice scripture says that it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. But what happened to Mordecai? Mordecai did not receive recognition or a reward for uncovering this conspiracy at this time. But in God's timing, he will be recognized, as we will see later in the book of Esther. Our good deeds are like the seeds that are planted by faith. And their fruits don't always appear immediately. Everything happens in God's timing, not ours. Remember Joseph back in Genesis chapter 40? He befriended a fellow prisoner, and the man completely forgot his kindness for two years. God was working behind the scenes in Joseph's life here also. The fellow prisoner remembered him in God's timing, which was two years later. If it had come any sooner, it would have thwarted what God wanted it to be done. So God has his own timings, and his timing is perfect. So when you see how God is working behind the scenes in the lives of these people, you know he is also working in our lives too. It is so encouraging to know that God sees our circumstances. And even though it may not seem like these things are going so well, we can be assured that God is working in our life. Now we will continue in the book of Esther as we study chapter 3 next week. And I'll look forward to doing the study with you. Until then, God bless.